0: Before you kill yourself, great honor to be here, Leo. Thank you. How for having are
1: me. you, Betsy Lafay? Now you're right. not going to be able to hear me with the headphones, mm. uh, through the headphones, but okay. know that you are heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, it's crazy how we met. Yeah. Carlin, uh, sit down. Go lay down. <laughs> Go lay down. Lay down. Oh, this guy wants to play um we met on hinge there you go Great. uh we met on hinge and um and now we're here talking i i really liked your vibe i was like i like the vibe i looked you up yeah. i see that you're an intimacy and intuition coach yeah. and it made me realize i just read this book called oh my god what is it called silent Silently seduced. Mm. And in that book, it talked about how men who grow up without uh, fathers uh, can become seduced by their moms. Like, not in this uh, overtly sexual way, but you kind of become her son, her boyfriend, father, et cetera, et cetera.
0: You become the man of the house. You
1: become the man of the house. And, you know, nine years old, and you can feel it. You can feel that energy of, like, you got to carry the the load um but one of the things that that book brought up also was that as a result um the men grew up to then struggle with intimacy yep can you can you talk about what intimacy is and uh and and how do we develop that build that and and your work in that field
0: sure sure so when i talk about intimacy generally people's minds just go straight to sex right and what's interesting about the work that I do is we do everything that unblocks you so then sex just kind of comes naturally awesome sex yeah so when I use the word intimacy I mean emotional intimacy being seen being able to be vulnerable being able to connect deeply with someone deep emotions with yourself deep emotions with other people And so generally the work that I do is actually with powerful women in the boardroom or powerful women in business who aren't getting what they want in the bedroom. So we translate what they're doing successfully in the boardroom into the bedroom. And it's interesting because it is actually results driven. So, What do you mean? I mean that... You know, I was talking to a friend who's well-versed in this work recently, and she was saying, well, you know, you can be manipulative as a powerful woman, and you can try to get in control of the relationship by doing X, Y, and Z. And she's like, I had a friend who used these techniques, some of the stuff that I teach. And she wasn't doing, she was, she had this in the wrong energy. And so the result was that her partner left her 20 times in one year. Wow. And I said, well, it means she's not doing it right.
1: Right,
0: <laughs> And so powerful women, and, and it's not just powerful women. I mean, to, to really make it for all people, I mean, I always say I'm a self-confessed control freak, right? And I think a lot of us are. And so if we want to have control, I put people in control, just not in the way that they are going about it, right? So... I was just, I just posted on Instagram earlier today. You know, if you're, if you're waiting for your partner, if you, if you think you're, if if your partner only fill in the blank, right, Mm. only got a job, got a therapist, met me on a deeper emotional level, uh, did the dishes more, asked for directions, you know, got rid of the blank habit, then I would, that's a form of codependency. Mm. Because you're basing your emotions based off of an external circumstance. And so when you try to manipulate or influence or teach or heal or coach someone else into fixing their life, if you're not being paid, (laughs) it backfires. Right. So it's about taking that control back for yourself. And so when you focus on yourself, and this is the magic of the work that I do, which uh, there's kind of no other word for it but magic. It's also math. Resul- like I said, results-driven is that when I work with, with a person, and I am open to working with men as well. I just m- mainly work with women. But, uh, and I work in the queer space as well. So if I'm using heteronormative pronouns, we can just...
1: Like they. Yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, is I work with one partner, And through working, or a single person, through working with one person, it transforms everyone else it transforms the relationship. So I have worked in the gay space, I have worked in the straight space, and I've had multiple women say for months, well, I I'm married someone for 17 years who's not spiritual, who isn't aware, who doesn't meet me emotionally, who can't see me. And then at the end of our working together, their partner's getting a coach, their partner's seeing synchronicity, their partner's getting more intuitive, um, showing up more, you know, meeting them, supporting them and it's all through working with one person it's so fantastic and that's what i mean by results driven it's they've actually got control over what they have control over let go of what they haven't which gives the results that they've been looking for the whole time
1: you know that's fascinating because i wonder because you know there's that zen quote that says the way you do one thing is the way you do everything Mm -hmm. so then i would assume that then they would see um they, was, they would start to feel like and see that they're thriving also in their career because they probably had a codependent relationship with their career, waiting for something to happen. If only my boss this or right. if only I got that, right. whatever. And then they, they start to take control of what they have control over and then they get where they're trying to get.
0: Yes and no. So control. in general, yes, but I usually work with people who are already successful gotcha. in the business area, right. which is beautiful because we take – the drive that they have there and translate it into the bedroom or relationships or intimacy, right? right? But at the same time, you're right because how many times have we heard stories of people reaching the fortune 500 reaching the million dollar point reaching that everything looks successful on the outside i had the cars the houses the kids the instagram following and i just felt empty inside i just felt like i wanted to kill myself right that's what a lot of people come to they're like oh i have everything but i really am feeling empty and so what it does is I've redefined the definition of success now, which is if you feel like you're successful on the outside, but on the inside you're not feeling it, you're not actually successful. And so that is where, where you do one thing, it translates to everywhere. If you do this work with intimacy with me, mm-hmm. then you will feel that life satisfaction in all areas of life.
1: Right. And, you know, I've seen that because when I worked with kids in a group home, uh,
0: I worked in group homes, too. You worked
1: in group homes with yeah. kids?
0: Well, uh, with developmentally disabled adults.
1: Uh, and it's, it's powerful that, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to get the whole family involved, the mom, the dad, mm-hmm. the teachers, like the whole. But if you just working with the one kid, mm-hmm. you can see them, the one kid, then starting to teach the parents how to communicate who are then teaching the 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 teachers how to communicate with the with the kid and it becomes this domino effect. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right that um we everybody doesn't have to be in the room at the same time being worked on. Yeah. Just one person has to be willing and then that can yep. uh, translate to everyone else. Yeah.
0: I have this other little sort of niche coaching that I'm doing which is with codependency in general, but a lot of times with parents and children. Mm -hmm. And so the parent might come to me and say, like, well, how is it going to work if you're not going to work with the kid? And it's the same exact thing. It's like if we work with you and we get you back into your power and not be codependent on the child, then everything blooms. It goes back to what you started off with, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, the the child doesn't feel like they have to rise above to be – the other parent or to to be that balance. Right. right? And if we work with the parent, then it translates into the children. It's I know it's so simple. It's like Caesar Milan, right? <laughs> Right? I mean he comes into disaster situations and he's got the dog walking within three minutes and it's like a transformed dog. It's because the energy of leadership is completely different than mm. the owners or parents at home. It's a very similar concept.
1: I mean, even when you look at our country, right? It's like as soon as Trump gets into office, you see the suicide rates uh spike. Oh yes. Anxiety is up, you know.
0: I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up because I am not a Trump supporter, uh-huh. yet I appreciate the darkness then and the revealing that he has brought into our country he didn't divide the country right he just he just brought off the icing so that people could see so the day after election day when people were pulling out their hair and screaming I got this boost of fire that I had never felt before because my original brand is Trust Yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a six-week class that helps you trust your intuition. That little voice inside that that's not anxiety, that, you know, you're an intuitive trainer, so you know this voice. And so I was really like, all right, well, now that he's in office, people are really going to realize that they need to trust themselves. And I talk about that, too. I'd love to see the uptick in colds and cancer and all you know and other stress related illnesses the people who are coming to me with re- to readings are they're like well what i was doing was working and now it's not and now i'm so afraid and that's literally why i do what i do mm-hmm. is because if any and all of us are stuck in this fear because he or someone else in power is fill in the blank we are disempowered, and nothing's going to change. The thing that I say all the time is you name a system that works. And people are like, what system? I'm like, any flipping system. You name a system that works. So far, no one has been able to name a single system, a political system, a health system, a family system. You name a system that works. That one will stay. Every single other system needs to be rebuilt. And who's going to rebuild it? Do you think he's going to rebuild it? Well, <laughs> no. We, we are rebuilding it right now by having this conversation and putting this broadcast out. Right. We are following our intuition, meeting on a Wednesday afternoon to talk about these things and help heal the world, hopefully inspiring others to do the same. If you're staying in that anxiety and you're staying in that powerlessness – Nothing's going to change. It's the definition of be the change that you want to see.
1: It's true. I mean, so much research has uh, shown that uh, when we see someone doing good, to someone else or for someone else, then we want to mimic that behavior, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why I have like, so many of my friends and clients will start their day off watching the news, okay. and I'm like, that's not the way to start your day because you're seeing the worst of humanity. Not
0: unless we're on the news, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Unless it's like you know, like a like one of those talk shows, but usually it's uh, you know, it's the, the uh, uh, you know a car crash, yes. uh, shootings, et cetera, et cetera. And but, you know, when you see someone open a door for someone else, when you see somebody help somebody across the street or I remember I was at a stoplight and this guy was asking for money. And, I you know, I was just in that mood where, you know, I was like, I'm not giving him any money. And then I saw this lady give him money. I was like, all right, let me, you know, and it was that like, all right, you know, grumpy, you know, you know, give the guy some money. It's like because my my thing is if I have it and ask for it, yeah. then, you know, share it. Um so it it's so powerful the the impact that we as individuals have, and we don't it doesn't matter who the president is, it still comes down to what we're doing every day and the conversations we're having at dinner and at breakfast yeah. and et cetera. so how did you get into the work that you're doing?
0: Well, I was at age 14, I was leading spiritual retreats for 18-year-olds, mm. just hoping they wouldn't find out how old I was. Yeah. That was <laughs> 20, 25 years ago, <laughs> so I'm a lot older than I look. You know from Hinge children. <laughs> um And I knew I wanted to help people. I yeah. got a BA in psychology. Mm-hmm. I went into social work, working with developmentally disabled adults. I was um, doing some other things, including sex education and 10 years of social work. Mm. Towards the end of that 10-year stint, I had a health crisis that led me to my intuitive gifts. So I'll give you, like, the shortest, shortest story of that. Growing up, the air could kill me because of severe asthma. The, my food could kill me because I would go into anaphylactic shock if I ate a particle of a peanut. And then in my late 20s, I fell from the top of a flight of stairs off the side onto my head, onto the concrete, And they found a third pre-existing deadly diagnosis. So air could kill me, food could kill me. And then the, the prognosis of this was I could turn my head the wrong direction and die. I am not exaggerated. I know,
1: I've heard of this, and yeah. but what is, is there a name for that? Or? Um,
0: yeah, I wouldn't recommend people look it up, but it's <laughs> called syringomyelia. They wow. found a hole in my uh, spinal cord near my C2 vertebrae, so wow. it could just cut off the, the nerves from the brain to the body and just become a paraplegic or lose function of my arms or bladder, any random kind of combination. So that's when I, pun intended, stumbled upon the Spiritualist Church of New York City, which is the Psychic Medium Church. Mm. And I was like super skeptical, super afraid I was raised Catholic, didn't know anything about energy or angels. I just knew Sylvia Brown on the Montel Williams show, which was just like terrifying but also exciting. I was so scared, but I was like glued, you know. And I remember in my – I started going to classes uh, for for uh, psychic development. Yes, you can be taught it. That's how I teach it. And, and my first guided meditation to meet my woo-woo spirit guide, again, like, had no exposure to that whatsoever. My spirit guide showed me this scene from when I was 17 that I hadn't remembered until. It's like someone being like, remember the time when we did this? And you're like, well, now I remember. It was like that. I was with my boyfriend and something was really bothering me. I was really emotionally upset. And I would get like one word out, and then I just oh, 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 like break down in tears. And he was really patient with me for like 15 minutes and like five false starts. And then he like took me by the shoulders and he's like, get it out, and like shook it out of me. And I was like, Oh, and he's it, like, like came
1: I got out. a hold of my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I was like, but it actually like shook it out of me. Um, and so the guide was like, You're crying and shaking now in this in this space where I'm meeting you. Cause I was like, oh, I should, I literally was like, I should be in a church. Like this is wrong. I shouldn't be here. It's like, I felt guilty and ashamed for being there. The guy was like, you're literally shaking and crying now, but you've spent 10 years in social work and you are a professional communicator. You are crying and shaking now, but you're going to help millions. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll charge $35 on the reading for a reading on the side. You know, 10 years, 12 years later, I've been on the top 10 list of psychics in New York City. Even though I live in L.A., in 2018, I won Best Psychic in Manhattan. That's how magical and broad this thing is. And then, you know, as the story goes, even though my brand was Trust Yourself, trusting people to tune in and trust their intuition, I married a man that I didn't trust. Mm -hmm. And so it was through going through that experience. We were together for six, married for two, um, getting verbally abused, emotionally abused, um, you know, belittling, just throwing stuff, during frequent fights, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, really shrinking and shrinking. I went from a six-figure business to getting into debt through this relationship. It was getting out of that relationship and doing tons of self-study and research that I was like, how did I... Uh, you know, I was raised Catholic, fifty um, percent Polish, and we're, we were raised like to. We didn't need to a be man. Strong,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: strong, yeah. independent. Like, watch out for those Federskis. That's my mom's maiden name. You know, we actually had this like Federski woman. Like, that's like our like mantra. You know, yeah. how did I get into this super controlling relationship? And it's been through this work. Sometimes an intimacy work is called polarity, but I'm actually an iterative of that because the traditional intimacy, spiritual polarity work has a lot to do with masculine and feminine. And if we go back before that kind of branding, the polarity is really, there's a left and a right. There's an up and a down. There's a cause and an effect, the results-driven stuff. I recognized Not how I deserved it, but what cultural factors were leading me up to get into this relationship and why I, as a strong woman, was attracting either men who were super controlling or had no backbone and what what I could do to not get in those relationships and what I could do with my own energy, with my own control to create a partnership where there was equality, where there was balance. And what's interesting is in that, in that abusive relationship that I was in, every time I reached a level of power, I would get knocked down in large ways and in small ways, in subtle ways and not so subtle ways. He was threatened by my power. He was threatened by my skill. And so no wonder I went from six figures to nothing because it was like I would get off stage and I would immediately be criticized, mm. like literally, right? And so it's like, oh, okay. So now what I do in relationships, which is wonderful, I'm like so transparent with my audience. I am officially single right now, as you mentioned. We, we met on Hinge. Yet I've had really healing, amazing partnerships since I left the marriage. And what I do is I'm I'm a boss lady at work. I'm in charge. I have huge dreams, reaching millions, right? Like I know that that's my destiny. I am killing it at work. And at home, it's not that I'm submissive, but I'm a woman. And if I know that the man I'm seeing is coming over at 6 p.m., at 5.30, I start to shut down work. I start to get into my body, I start to feel it's not this like wooey, wooey goddess. I've got to put on the flowing dress and like wind dance on the beach. Maybe that's part of it. But I start to feel into my body and I start to get receptive and I start to be like, okay, like if I were him, like how would I want to receive my woman at the door? you know, and it's a huge romantic kiss, it's a hug, it's a, ooh, you look good today, like, you smell good today, ooh, you know, and it works, you know, but if I, you know, there was a time when I was in the middle of a launch, and I had to be on more, you know, launch time, you're working a lot, and my partner at the time complained, and I was like, well, I told you a launch was coming up, and then I wouldn't be able to be there as much, you know, these kinds of things. And then, of course, I've got the entrepreneurial thing too, right? So there's, if you add that into a powerful woman or a powerful business owner, there are more anomalies to that. You know, there, there isn't the regular work-life balance if you're an entrepreneur or if you're a high-powered woman. And just negotiating that within the relationship. But if a woman wants to receive romance, she's got to be able to get into that receiving mode. And it's not through allowing someone else to control you. So that's how I got into this work. I I started getting into this polarity work, and there's up and a down and results driven. I immediately brought into my existing coaching practice. The results were immediate and phenomenal. And I was just like, I got to take this to the leaders.
1: Let me ask you this. How are you defining... A uh, strong, independent woman. Oh,
0: we got this here.
1: Versus a uh, just a woman. You said when right. I come home, I was like, I, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a boss at work, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a woman at home. Right. How are we, how are we separating that? And I'm asking that because, to me, when I, when I'm walking down the street and I see a woman, and I go, oh, that's a woman. Yeah. Like that encompasses strength and power uh but also like vulnerability because she's she's aware of her strengths and her weaknesses and and n- not afraid to uh to, to put it out there so to speak not in this like uh promiscuous way but right. just in a um uh in a very classy way, you yeah. know? Does that is my question make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, it
0: totally does. So you're coming from an empowered and balanced male perspective. Mm. <laughs> so you're saying a powerful woman is sexy. Absolutely. Someone who knows their emotions is sexy. Someone who's driven is sexy, right? So uh, I'm not trying to advertise you, and I don't know if you're single or not, but I like to lift up the empowered men, right? Mm -hmm. So I put on Instagram a few weeks ago, like, where are all the blank men? And it's like, they're here. There's evidence of them right in front of me, right in front of you on this podcast. And there are more of you. So your definition is a beautiful definition. That's what I was expressing. And then what happened was I said yes to someone who was threatened by that, Mm -hmm. right? So our definitions are the same. But at the same time, there was a part of me at age 31 when we met that felt a scarcity that said, well, how many spiritual men at 31 in Williamsburg, New York, do you know? You know, and it was just like, I i don't want to be looking anymore. I'm not going into bars anymore. Like, I, I spent a year and a half searching for this person, so I'm going to make this work, right? And so there was nothing that I could have done in that relationship to make it work. And that's actually the very beginning of the work that I do with women. And that's how the brand Trust Yourself goes into the intimacy. Because the first, if you're in a partnership and we're working together, the first thing I ask is, is he trustable or is she trustable? And they know right away. They're like, oh my gosh, like he or she is like, oh, totally, it's just me, I can't. I I don't know how to trust, but they are trustable, right? And that's why I said I married someone I didn't trust. I didn't know. You know what I, You know why I married him? Well, of course, we were spiritual, right? Uh, I also married him because I knew that he would never leave me and he would never cheat on me with another woman. I knew those facts to be true. And I had come from a place where I had been cheated on repeatedly. And even after we broke up, after the divorce, I asked him, I was like, would you ever have left me? He said, no, I would never have left you. But that's not what love is. There's no guarantees in love. And that, that actually contributes to the dynamic, the unhealthy dynamic of the no backbone or the super controlling. is because it's just like, that's what I loved about this guy is he was just like, the world disappeared. There was like nothing else but me in the room. And there's a part of us that's just like, whoa. We want
1: to be seen, we want to be heard. Yeah. We want to be validated.
0: Yeah, and it was just like, okay. Like, he's clearly into me, right? And he wasn't going to be, you know, now granted, I wouldn't ever say that that watching porn or taking part in porn is cheating. In this case, I would, because he had a porn addiction, Mm -hmm. which led to our lack of intimacy. Right? So I'm not saying blanketly that it's cheating at all. But if someone has an addiction and they are keeping it a secret in a way that is a betrayal to the relationship. Right, right. Right? And I do believe it could be healthy in certain ways. It's a whole other topic.
1: And also an avoidance. Yes. Of,
0: of intimacy. Of
1: intimacy. And yeah. And, you know, probably some other things going on. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So your definition of a powerful woman... Right on target and it's showing that you are not threatened by a woman's drive. You're very driven. So that means you probably want to be with someone who's very driven, who has their own life, yet you can circle in. You know, at dinner you can be like, Oh, I trained these super powerful people and she can be like, Oh, I, I trained these super powerful clients right, and right. you're like, Oh, right, let's go on the beach, let's go watch a movie, let's whatever.
1: I, I do however wanna make more money than my woman. If I'm if if I'm making twenty million, she can only make nineteen million
0: yeah yeah
1: so i'm gonna put that out there so,
0: so what's interesting you know there's truth behind every joke right and this is a really interesting topic because you know we we sort of just in a certain way before we got to the you want to make more money we cert- we sort of redefined masculinity right of like the new form of empowered masculine is not being threatened by the feminine. Right, right. Right? Being safe and secure with what you've got going on, not being codependent on the external. Well, it's interesting because the women that I work with, they have a similar reactive meeting the, the, the expectation that you just had of like, where are the men who are more powerful? who make more money. Mm. And what's interesting about that is if women, which they say they are, are going to be in the majority of leadership positions in 50 years, that belief has got to be broken. And we have to take that redefinition of manhood further because this this is like the crux of the intimacy work that I do. Women don't need men anymore to even procreate. I don't need a man to pay for things. I don't need a man to protect me. I don't need a man to procreate. I can make enough money to have nannies and cooks and everything else under the sun. But where I would need a masculine energy is for my heart Mm -hmm. and for my body right? An extension of the heart. And so if a powerful woman is saying, I need a man who makes more than me, then we are keeping the patriarchy alive.
1: Absolutely. You know, because I, I realized that, um, you know, society goes back to what you were saying earlier in that some of your values about a relationship were dictated by society. And uh, society is very much, uh, you know, we live in a capitalistic society. And it's like, you know, when you are introducing someone that you're with, the first questions we're asking are, what do they do? And what we're really trying to figure out is, can they, can this person support you? Are they financially stable? Yep. And, uh, you know, they're on the same playing field as you are. But, you know, when I really think about power, to me, it's a, it's that person who is the same in any situation like they don't they're not like you know performing for this and then wilting in this situation and then showing up for that and that just back there's like a consistency mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and and i think because i have a buddy of mine you know he's you know he he builds tables with his hands and uh, he's marrying uh, a doctor and she makes way more money than him but uh just mentally you could just feel like he's happy with what he's doing yeah you know and there's nothing you can say that can shake that and I feel the same way like I'm very happy with what I'm doing the direction that I'm going and to uh so you know I, I made the joke about the money which is a little true there is some truth in that but at the same time you're right it's like I'd be very comfortable with a woman who made more than me it's Like, that's not, you know, money is not the issue because that kind of thing can go back and forth Mm -hmm. anyway, you know.
0: Well, it's interesting about the consistency because there's also value, you know, emotions, for instance. Mm. They're not consistent, you know. Weather patterns and emotions, they're very much alike, right? So part of the new definition of masculinity involves borrowing from some of the stuff that we would naturally call feminine, right? Being in touch with the emotions. Like, I'm sure you would be fine thrown in a men's group talking about your feelings if they were trustable men, right? That's not a part of the old definition. And you... If you were really in touch with your emotions in that group, you might be laughing one time, you might be crying the next minute, you know, those kinds of things. And that does not go with the consistency idea. Same goes with the powerful women, right? I don't know a well-balanced man who would like to be with a woman who never cries, that's a that's not being consistent. She's not going to cry in the boardroom. She's not going to cry at work. And she's not going to just like, you know, cry every day making dinner. But it's sexy to have a woman who can cry tears of joy, who can when she's sad show her emotions, and it's actually through that showing of the emotions that the partner, again, the cause and effect, that the partner can actually understand the impact of their actions. If she is just trying to be consistent and everywhere, that's more like a robot. And that doesn't let someone in necessarily. So I would add like consistently inconsistent. It doesn't mean that they're flakes or that we're flakes. But part of the vulnerability is, whoa, I didn't know that was coming up, but I feel comfortable sharing it. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean like even keeled.
1: Right, 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 But,
0: you know, in terms of the polarity there is a part that is more still there is a part that's more centered and then there's a part that's more emotional and where things go wrong is if both partners are still or if both partners are emotional you know the the wildest most intense most dangerous time i had in that relationship was the only single time i ever decided to feed what i was getting back back Because I would usually drop into stillness. I would usually hold the space, be calm, let the hurricane of throwing things happen, you know. And there was one time in the six years I was like, I'm going to feed this back as an experiment. And it got physical. It got physical. I was screaming my head off. He went to move in. And out of self-defense, I scratched his arm up with my mega nails that I had and it was self-defense at the time you know it's like my honestly like my least proudest moment but that was an example of us both getting emotional you know and it was like there wasn't any room for me to experience my emotions because this person was threatened the whole time and would always go into their emotions right and then complain that I wasn't being a woman or that I wasn't being womanly which which is preposterous. It's just the fact that this person was holding on to the cycle of emotions and not being in control of them, which, you know, a mature relationship is, you don't want to necessarily be in control of your emotions, but appropriately displaying them, you know?
1: Absolutely. So I would imagine if you're, always having to be the still person and this person is the 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 emotional person Mm -hmm. that definitely has to affect the intimacy in the bedroom and the connection because you're shutting down not just your negative emotions but then the positive emotions and now you're losing touch with your womanhood your body yes right
0: yes absolutely and that's that's exactly it yeah i mean you've got to be in touch with your emotions to to get that you know One of the most beautiful things that that happened out of my last relationship is I said to him, I was like, look, when we're getting intimate, I want to make sure that our hearts are connected the whole time. This is like advanced stuff, right? And if, if, if we're not, if there's a disconnect, I want us to stop. The most beautiful thing about him was he felt it before I did. And he'd be like, wait, where did you go? And he would stop. And I would be like, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, wait, I totally did disconnect just then. And interestingly enough, the one time I'm like 95% sober, right? Sober-ish. The one time we had like a drink or two was the time that like I couldn't actually feel on my body the way I could feel with sober sex. And it just – it brought me back to the time when I was 17 and didn't really want to lose my virginity, but sort of did. It was, not a, it was one of those gray situations where it was just like, well, if I don't, I'll lose him kind of thing. And this feels good, but I'm, you know, it brought me right back to that. I was in this other place in my mind. He stopped and he was like, whoa, what's going on? And I'm like, I can't, I can't feel anything. I'm not connected at all.
1: You know, as you bring that up, it, it, it. I'm thinking about the whole Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's so much talk about toxic masculinity, and, uh, you know, men need to, do, but it, but what I'm now starting to feel like, it's both sides not really being connected to their bodies. Mm-hmm. So you have a woman who's not connected to how she feels and what she needs, and then you have a man who's not connected, and then you bring those two together, and there's just a lot of miscommunication. I mean, there's obviously extreme situations where it was like, all right, we know right and wrong there, but there are these subtle nuances, uh, these gray areas Mm -hmm. where uh, it's about people not being connected to their bodies and what It's supposed to feel like if you because if you've never experienced true connection, Mm -hmm. true intimacy, if you've grown up in a household where if your parents were, you know, uh, alcoholics or uh, emotional and volatile and you had to be the still person, then it's going to take you a while as an adult to to find your voice and 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 figure out what works for you.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's really interesting because the thing that um I'm starting to bring into the conversation is, is, you know, toxic, um, you know, toxic femininity isn't the right word, but, um, you know, toxic feminism, which is the type that goes so far to emasculate men. You will never be able to get into a healthy relationship if you're emasculating men. And saying things like, where are all the good men is emasculating. Right. Like, I don't know how that he, he feels to you if I were, I mean, obviously I'm not asking it really, but like, like what is your response to that? When like someone's like, where are all the good men? <laughs> like, where are all the powerful men? Where are all the conscious men? Like, what, what's your response to that?
1: You know, I, I typically uh, don't respond. I just listen. Yeah. Because at some point there. Uh, but what's
0: your emotional response? Like, what, how does that feel inside you? <laughs>
1: see i I'm one of those who I struggle with my emotions also yeah because I grew up like that yeah. my I guess my first response is to um step back
0: Yes, to zoom it's out not like inviting. It puts, right
1: it's not inviting it puts space between us that's it uh it feels um I don't know if disrespectful is a word, but it's like there's a man right in front of you <laughs> yes. so you' you're putting us you're lumping us all in mm-hmm. and um and then my my mind goes to like, I mean, you can't be like you love Barack Obama and then be like we're all the good men, you know. Like <laughs> it's just all these, you know. I'm recognizing the hypocrisy and the and that what she's saying is not what she is really wanting to say. Right. And so I'm waiting for the the where is this coming from? The the source of it all. Right. I guess.
0: Well, it's an evolved way, but there's there's nothing that. You there's if she says that, there's nothing that is gonna get you to hug or kiss her (laughs) or ask her out on a date, you know. And it's like whether or not you're actually saying that, yeah, your vibes speak louder than words. And that's not even just woo. I mean that's like you can feel in a text someone's intent. Oh yeah. You know, like you can you know a BS meter when somebody's saying something but they actually are feeling another way. If she is wondering where are all the blank men? Mm-hmm. she is pushing all of them away, and she won't ever see them right and that's why I like to say, like, okay, we've got someone evolved here. We've got someone who's not threatened by power here, like let's exponentially see this you
1: know? I mean, you even see it in a dating profile as a woman like I'm looking for a real man, and I'll immediately <laughs> I go she <laughs> she <laughs> she wants something else she <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know it like in. And women, I was, it's so funny because, you know, you go through these dating profiles and, and women don't realize the mixed messages they put out there. There was one where she said uh, uh, she, she wants a man to conquer the world with. Mm. And then you scroll down, and she's like, "I'm also I also want a man who's humble." I'm like, "No guy wants to conquer the world and be humble. Right. Like, like, if I'm conquering the world, there's like statues and parades, and it's like you, you gotta <laughs> wow, you gotta get clarity, you know. And I think a lot of people aren't they don't know what they they don't know what they need. Yeah, right. They're yeah. just." It just sounds good. Amanda, it's like
0: if you're sending out mixed messages, you're going to get mixed messages. Absolutely. So you're going to get if you send out a thing that says I want to conquer the world with someone and I want them to be humble, you're going to get someone who's also confused, who thinks they're humble, but is just an egomaniac and is just, you know, bulldozing over people.
1: So when when these women are coming to you, and I know you work with you're willing you work with men and uh, yeah. the the LGBTQIAp Community.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I
1: just learned that the other day. Okay. I was like, oh, my God. All right.
0: Um,
1: what, what are some steps that, say you're just working with one person, yeah. right? Because uh, it's so hard to get both. Everybody's so busy, yeah. right? Um, what are some steps or strategies or tools or t- that you are walking them through to? Sure.
0: So the very first thing I would say is, is, to learn how to trust yourself, right? So everyone who works with me, they get the course Trust Yourself so that they can learn what it feels like. And what's interesting is your intuition speaks through your body. So you have to get in touch with your body, like you were saying. That's literally without getting in touch with your body, without getting in touch with your feelings, it's not going to work. Through working with me, a lot of times what will happen is because you know people get unlimited email access, which is actually really a lifesaver to most people is, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm in this situation. I want to respond this way. What do you think? You know, and nobody needs my approval. And eventually we get away from that. But I'm like, okay, well, like, how are you feeling about this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you're avoiding the deep feelings. So this is what you would normally run away from This is what you actually have to feel into. And what's great about trust yourself in general and as it relates to intimacy work is, by no means, not in like a powerful, not in a um, bipolar way, but to feel the highs, you've got to feel the lows. So if you want to feel that loving connection, you've got to be able to get past the darkness and the sorrow inside of yourself, you know? Some, Some other things is just, Really making sure that she or he takes personal responsibility for everything in their lives, which starts to break down the codependency patterns.
1: Right because we want to blame the other person for right. what's going on and how we feel and if right. they just goes exactly. back to that if only.
0: Right, right. And the marriage I was in it was really interesting because towards the end, I could very clearly see his codependent patterns. Ha ha ha. Um, and I, I but I knew it took two. And I was like I would tell him, I'm like, No, that's actually what you're saying is codependent. That's not how it works. And he would be like, Really? And he would like try to see you in an instant, but not really take it any further. And I was I just thought to myself, I was like, This takes two. This takes two. Like, how am I being codependent here? Right? And then it took me a long time to realize, and that's one of the The reasons why I'm passionate about this is like it doesn't have to take someone six years if they have a coach, right? But I realized I was like, oh, I can eliminate codependence by not being with someone who's codependent. That was the only way, is that by staying, I was being codependent. And this actually happened in a friendship recently, actually. I didn't realize there was codependency going on. Actually, I started to realize it, and it started to feel gross. And then I put up one boundary one time. I said, I'm sorry, I've got to work tonight. I don't, I'm from New York. I'm not a flake. I show up on time. Like, I don't cancel on people unless I really need to. I never canceled on this person. was never late. And I put up one boundary, and I'm like, hey, I've got to work tonight. You know, tonight was supposed to be a celebration, but I don't have anything to celebrate yet. So I got to make my goal to celebrate. And from there came a cascade of wildness from this person and being like, oh, you don't want to be my friend. And I can't be with a fair weather friend. And it's very clear that you're not into this. And I'd never said any of those things. And I just took a step back and I was like, oh, this is this person's codependence just, like, screaming. And I was like, I didn't think I didn't want to be your friend, but now I really need <laughs> to take a bunch of steps back because I can't – this has nothing to do with me. Right. And I don't allow any of that drama in my life for anyone. Like, we either talk about it or not. And we had already discussed a few times that if there was a difficulty with us, because we were very intimate as friends – If there was a difficulty, it was most likely a miscommunication because we had seen that in the past. And that's what it was in this situation. And as much as I tried to clear it up, it wasn't clearing up. There was all these words put in my mouth. You clearly said that you weren't sure if you wanted to be my friend. And I was like, that literally was never on my mind. But now it is. Um, And so I'm not able to change that person. I'm not able to say to them, you're being codependent. This is how not to be codependent. I'm not their coach. I'm not their therapist. All I can do is take steps back. You know. So is the person trustable? Yes or no. If not, then we if if, if they are trustable, then we work on the codependence. We take a hundred percent control. If they're they're not trustable, then we've gotta we've gotta take a look at that. You know, there isn't anything that can make them trustable.
1: You know what I love about that question is is this person trustable? There's so much emphasis in our society about finding love mm. and finding someone to love and and, uh, and I joke about this on stage it's easy to find love. It's easy to find someone to love you. Yeah. It's easy to feel love. It's easy to fall in love. Uh, that's why it's called falling in love because it's a it, you just you're out of control. You're just mm-hmm. in it it's hard to find someone to trust yeah. There are people who've been married for 20 years and they have so many secrets between them mm-hmm. because they don't trust each other enough to handle all of who they are or, uh, you know, I got another fan, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but to find someone who is trustable, that's child. It's, I, <laughs> it's like, I, I've, I've, pro- I've loved every girl I've been with there. I, I I've, I've dated a lot, of, been in a lot of relationships, and I've loved every single woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust them all, which yeah. is eventually why you break up. You don't trust them either financially or with your emotions or with your future mm-hmm. or with kids. Yep. So that's a very powerful question. Is yep. this a person that you trust?
0: Yeah. So there, you, there aren't actual statistics by studies of this, but yeah. there are things that powerful teachers who have been doing this work have been saying for quite a while. One of them, um, who again I kind of veer away from his work, but he's seminal in this work. David Data, he says, if you come across someone who's trustable every two years, you're doing great. Wow. Then we've got um, I can't remember his name. It will it will come up, but he's one of his students, and uh, he says if you come up with someone every six months who's trustable, mm. and so it's like interesting because people will. S- I mean, I have. If I wanted, I would have no problem getting laid at all, right? And I love sex. I'm a sexual being. However, that's not what I'm looking for. And so it's like what I love is you can tell if someone's trustable before you even see their picture. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In fact, sometimes the picture actually Mm -hmm. confuses a little bit. So like on dating apps, it's when you have that trust within, it's actually very easy. So like the... The first day that I joined Hinge, I met a guy on Hinge. And then the next day we met in person and we dated for five weeks. And it was an amazing healing relationship, mm-hmm. right? I, we matched for a second and here we are. You're a very trustable person, mm-hmm. right? So what's interesting about uh, the person that I married is we met on OkCupid. We had answered over 400 questions. And we were a 96% match. Wow. I had for a year and a half looked at my top 10 matches, met nine of the 10, waited to meet him. Because I could read between the lines and I knew he was a perfectionist. And then I got desperate. And I, I thought he was way cute. I was very attracted to him the whole time. I just thought he was very attractive. And then on top of that, I kid you not, the first date, before I turned the corner to meet him in, in the flesh for the first time, I heard a very clear but subtle voice that said, if he's wearing all black, he's not for you. And you know what he was wearing. I drew, we were riding our bikes away. We were in bed and I was like, gee, I really wish I was one of those people that could follow that little <laughs> illogical voice
1: as i sit here wearing all all black
0: Black. (laughs) i I got a little smile when i said that yeah 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 i love it you know and you know part of all of that stuff that went on you know by the time i left my wardrobe was like 60 70 percent black and i hadn't owned zero pieces of black clothing before meeting him wow yeah i mean that's just like a statistic you know the thing
1: is is that we we think it, it should all make sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, you know, does she have a degree? How much money does she? Were her parents like? Mm-hmm. You know, th- all those things that okay, Cupid are asking: Were their parents married? Right? Uh, you know, religion, kids, all yep. these things. But at the end of the day, it comes down to your gut, yeah. Right?
0: Yep. And the definition of intuition is knowing something without logical reasoning, right? You just know it. You just know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to I wanna backtrack to something you said earlier about your friendship and when you said, uh, you know, you set a boundary. Mm-hmm. And then you got that wave of, uh, you got this huge backlash. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I've said this before on a podcast, like, if you really want to know if someone is your friend or if, they, if they're trustable, if they have your back and if their intentions are good, tell them no hmm that's when you find out who a person really that's sage is sage advice right when you tell I've because I didn't realize this a, a couple girlfriends back uh I remember the first time I told her no to something and I could not and it wasn't anything major it was yeah. just no I can't what do you mean and I was like wow oh. and I realized the word no and so I had to I had to find other ways to say no without actually saying <laughs> no, you know, to not, to not trigger her. And trigger it was, it was, it was fascinating because then it made me think about other people in my life who I've said no to or turn things down. And then you kind of get this string of emails or text messages. And uh, it was, she just, it was so uh, huge. Her response. Then I was like, Oh, yeah, this is telling of her, us, and then make me look at my other relationships,
0: right? Taking that a step further, it's interesting because you know, I'm not so proud to admit, but I surely will. I was terrified to put up a boundary with her, she had put up several, Mm. she had been like. I don't like the way that you said that. And I'd be like, okay, cool. She would be like, don't speak on my behalf. Even though I told you I had plans, I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, I respect people's boundaries. Right. But I just, I was terrified to put up a boundary. And now I know why, because there was something that I wasn't willing to look at, you know, and then, you know, I wound up Uh, in my journal, because it's hard to say goodbye to someone or take a bunch of steps back from someone you're very close with. I, in retrospect, looked back, and I was just like, I wrote down 76 things that were out of alignment with us. Mm. And I was like, oh, in hindsight, she was (laughs) trying to control my hair color. She was trying to control how I dressed. Then when I did change it to the way that she wanted, she got upset then. And I was like, that's really weird. That's just really weird. Like, I don't have that with anyone else, you know? So it's great if you say no early in the beginning, and with the cause and effect stuff in within relationships, if it's a healthy relationship, the partner will be excited by your no, because they'll be like, oh great, you're, you're doing you. That's awesome. Like Leo, you're driven, so you're not gonna go to the party with me on Thursday night because you've got to do podcasts at nine in the morning on Friday. Awesome. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm going to go have fun at the party by myself, you know, and they're going to be a cheerleader for you. Right. And that's As opposed to trying to
1: shame you or guilt you. Mm-hmm. Or,
0: right. I, I, uh, one thing with the last relationship, and then I went out on a date last Saturday and I, I was telling people about my morning routine, you know, do yoga, journaling and meditation in the morning. And it takes up a bit of time, you know, and, I do say that it, and I mean it, that it is my anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication. I don't take any pills, but this brings my self-awareness so that I'm not anxious and so that I can keep my level of exuberance that I have in my light. And these guys were like, well, do you really need it? Like, what about on the weekends? (laughs) <laughs> and
1: it's like, you know? I especially need it on the weekends because my schedule is out of whack. And then I'm I'm, I'm really unhinged.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So so when I'm on a date with somebody and they say, oh, do you do that on the weekends? I'm like, yeah, I'd like, I do it on the weekends. Maybe if you're on the weekend with me, you could join me. And they're like, that's so cool. I'd love to. I'm like, okay, we're going to go on a second date.
1: Right. You know? I do the same thing in the morning. I, I call it germs. I, I journal, exercise, read, meditate, self-talk.
0: Amazing. And, I'm into all of that.
1: Um, I If I don't do it, yeah. my day is like... And sometimes like, I have to get up really early in the morning, like 4 um, o'clock. So maybe I'll only do one or two. But as I start to feel off throughout the day, mm-hmm. I'll be like, all right, which step did I skip? And then mm-hmm. out that... So it's I have these guideposts throughout my day to like bring me back and, and wheel me in but uh, i get
0: up at five too because it takes some time
1: it takes time yeah and but i what i've also learned is that i usually try to give them each like like i meditate for 20 minutes me too. um uh and then the journaling takes about 10 to 20 depending but there's some mornings where uh I'll just do each one for a minute or two. Mm -hmm. And then even that, just going through it, grounds me just because of time or whatever my my schedule is that day. But it's more important that I'm at least showing up to it every day versus doing it the way that I have structured. You know, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes every time.
0: Yep, yep, that's amazing.
1: What got you into your morning routine like when how did that start for you
0: um, it started when I was developing my intuitive gifts gotcha. so I've been meditating every day for about eleven years now uh-huh. I have skipped a few days here and there yep. um, and if I have skipped it's usually on vacation with family and it's the worst time to skip yep. and I can feel it's like I didn't take my anti-anxiety medication you know for someone who's just starting, they might not feel the difference right away but if you do it consistently for 3 months and then you stop you're going to feel it you're going to feel it and you know i call it the trust yourself trifecta the the yoga meditation and journaling because it's really what allows you to get in touch with your intuition and i i teach that i've got to walk my talk
1: absolutely you know
0: and i have fallen off the wagon a few times and it shows up in my relationships mainly. Like I tell people, like I told someone on the first date the other day, it's like, I'm like, I'm not a very nice person if I don't exercise and people don't believe me
1: right? because I'm showing
0: up awesome like this. And they're like, no, like this is just how you are. And I posted on, on social the other day. I'm like, if, if I, if you, if you find yourself saying like, she just has it easy, then I'm not doing my job right. Right. because it is not easy it's not always hella hard but I quote take my medicine every day yeah you know yeah
1: we, we underestimate that and and the amount of work that you have to put in to yourself to ground yourself in order to show up to the the rest of the world
0: that's what I say is my actual profession is to be grounded right. because if I I'm not naturally I mean that psychic medium right like it's easy for no. me to just yeah. All day. Yeah. yeah. It's just natural, I'm like this balloon that never stops, you know, going down or going up rather. So my my if without being grounded, I can't do anything. Uh,
1: and another thing that you also teach, I saw on your on your website, part of getting into your body, because mm-hmm. so many people don't know how to get into their body, uh, necessarily through exercise or even dancing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, dancing. But you also teach breath work. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So can you
1: talk about that because? Yeah teaching people how to breathe Mm -hmm. is probably the one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Can you highlight that for us?
0: Yeah. So the breathwork that I do, um, it's, it's just called breathwork, but sometimes it's called confrontational breathwork. So it's not any kind of like yin. I'm just going to relax into my body. This is like, you're ripping out the parts that you no longer want the stuff that's not yours from your low belly you clarified in your heart and you you exhale it it's really fascinating it's really trippy it's it's similar to holotropic breathwork where you can have these like really mythical magical experiences all sorts of body sensations you can get claw hands or tetany as I call it, your hands will cramp up, your whole body will tingle. Sometimes your face gets stuck like this and you can't really move it. Um, It's really, really wild. And what it's doing is it's just, you know, we store all of the stuff from other people in our low belly, in our second chakra, right? In our hips. And so it's taking all of that. It's very much like toxic waste. I tell people like, you've got your hazmat suit on, like you're in the hot sun, you're shoveling the shit and you're, and it's not gonna be comfortable, you know. I tell people like people pay me to lose their shit. They scry, they cry, they scream, they cry, they, um, you know, laugh, they drool. Like it's, it's really magnificent. And, you know, by the end, it's like you just went through this like soul car wash. It's amazing.
1: And so many people need it. I mean, that's how these gurus end up taking over. When you look at these, uh cults and people chanting and um crying and getting in their bodies that's that's part of what pulls them in is this opportunity to really connect to their uh, primal self yeah. their 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 you know the the what, left right uh the the amygdala i guess yeah. i don't know if the amygdala is the right word but to just you know, we live in stoicism is so big right now, <laughs> and I think it's doing a huge disservice yeah. to our community yeah. because the, the the problem is we've been too stoic and mm-hmm. too stone faced. Yep. And so now, when somebody like who you asked me earlier, how did that make you feel? I was like I'm feeling our uh, uh, shit. Like <laughs> yeah. show me, show me the emotional wheel. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so we we don't um, have access to that vocabulary Mm -hmm. because we're not either because the, the, the universe or not the universe, but the media exists on, uh, you know, extremes of Mm -hmm. people either angry and distressed or everything's cool and calm. And Mm -hmm. there's not any of the nuanced language of hurt or uncomfortable or bothered, Yep. things like that that will really get you in touch with how you're feeling and in your body. It's
0: really true. And when you said vocabulary, it's literal vocabulary. Absolutely. Like people don't have those words. Yeah. It's amazing. One of my big motivations besides changing the world as, as Trump has, you know, uh, enlightened us that the world needs to change is, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's for the children. And it's monkey see, monkey do, right? So... When children are extraordinarily intuitive, they absorb other stuff all the time. Their brains and their emotions and their bodies are just absorbing. And so a child can tell if an adult is morose or bothered or agitated or elated or, you know, is, is feeling titillated in some way, right? And so the child will be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, like what's going on? And what does the parent say? Either nothing or, hey, mom, dad, how are you doing? What's the answer? Good. Right. It doesn't act, We're not actually asking the question. We're just having this weird exchange. Um, and so then the parent wonders why when they say, how was school? Good. What happened? Nothing. It's monkey see, monkey do, right? right? So that's one of the, particularly with breath work, there was this one time I was doing, because I, I do a lot online, actually, through Zoom. I was doing this group breath work, and um, you don't have to be on camera. My my two eyes are not my primary sp- Form of sight anymore, and they haven't been for years. So I can feel you without seeing you. Um, but the, the camera was on one of the um, women in the group, and she was really expressing a lot of grief through the breath work. I, I couldn't hear because everybody's on mute, but um, with my ears, I couldn't hear her. And she's you know she's crying, she's probably moaning, maybe screaming, and we're encouraged to scream. Like where else can you primarily scream except on the highway in your car? Um, and her at one point. One little boy came in. You could see him, like, in an emergency mode. He's like, Mom, Mom, are you okay? And she's like, and then she, you know, pushes him out. And then he must have been, like, something like seven. And then, like, the 11-year-old busts in, like, two minutes later. Was like, Mom, Mom, are you okay? And then, like, three minutes later, they both run in. And they, like, they are empathically feeling her and want to comfort her, right? And talk about being the men in the house, right? And I... I moved me to tears because I was like, She's taking trust yourself. What her conversation with these these little ones is gonna be, this is what it means to be an empowered adult. This is what it means to grieve. This is what it means to feel your emotions. This is what it means to be a whole person. This is how we are balanced individuals, is we let our emotions out. And to see that example from an adult, I was just like that's how we're changing the world. It's amazing
1: because boys are so emotional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you watch little boys play before, like we get our socialization on them, mm-hmm. they're crying, they're fighting, they're laughing, yeah. they're they're hugging, yeah. they're sharing. They're very, they're 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 what like how you would describe a girl mm-hmm. typically. Girls are almost the opposite when they're <laughs> young know, yeah. When I think about it, but uh, but yeah, somewhere along the way we go. Oh, that's not what a man is, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, we're 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 both born very in touch with how we feel, yep. and uh, and society is just yanking at out. Well, it's so
0: funny because I was just thinking about society. So we're in a world now, the Western world, just as an example. Every single ad that you see that involves food is giving you the subconscious message that you don't have time to take care of yourself. Right. And if you don't have time to take care of yourself, you can't meditate. You can't cook for yourself. You can't take time away from the computer to be with your children. That's just food ads. Wow. That's every ad is telling you you don't have time wow. for yourself. And so if you don't have time, you're certainly not going to take time to journal or get in touch with your emotions because it takes time. You know, eventually it, it doesn't. You know, a lot of the skills that I teach and that I learn, I, I'm always up leveling, right? But at the same time, it, it doesn't take time. I may have resistance to doing the tools, but you know like you said sometimes when you're doing it you just do it for a minute and it actually gives you quite a bit of value
1: yeah well, you know some of my clients that are personal train they some of them want to skip over the the warm up yeah. and get straight into the the work i don't have time we only have an hour <laughs> so and i'm like i'm i'm i'm, I'm giving you time yeah by warming you up first so that we can move efficiently mm-hmm. through the tough part. Because if we get to the tough part too soon, you're going to get injured and yep. then we're going to lose time. Yep. So I'm trying, I'm thinking about extending your time versus shortening the time. That's a perfect but they metaphor for like the that. morning routine. How so?
0: It's because I know for me, if I'm anxious and depressed going out throughout the day, how am I going to be my best? How am I going to contact the right people? How am I going to have the confidence to go up to someone in a random place and be like, hi, or reach out to someone who had like two interactions on Hinge and be like, hey, I've got someone for you, right? How am I going to get that intuitive download? How am I going to handle myself when a conflict arises? It's all going to go to shit if I don't take care of myself in the morning. Right. So, the morning practice does create more time. Going for walks in nature creates more time. If Vacations. Some, some do. people
1: think it's selfish, you know, mm-hmm. to take that time out for them. It, but no, you're you're taking time for yourself so that you can give more and be yeah. present yeah. to other people. You're absolutely. It's right.
0: interesting because when when we, you know, because mothers have that all the time, right? We have to take care of others first, mm-hmm. right? It's just not flipping working. Right. It's just not working. So whatever it is you're thinking, just throw it out. Because it's just not working. If it worked, awesome. If the world was a balanced place by you putting yourself last, go for it. You know?
1: When, when uh, clients come to you uh, with intimacy issues, mm-hmm. uh, if it's the couple, mm-hmm. right, um, is there something you do different with a uh, with the couple than you would with the individual? Are there?
0: Not necessarily. It's all pretty individualized. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting though because with the couples, it's it's actually less frequent with the couples because usually one person really wants the change, and they have difficulty talking about it together and i would never encourage someone to drag someone in right, right you know so usually the person who wants the change who sees that there's more difficulty will come in and we don't even need to bring in the other person
1: so with the psychic part is that yeah. are you into astrology then
0: no or, i okay. i don't know about astrology okay. i don't um i don't use tarot i mean okay. i i know like probably as much as the average West Sider in LA does. <laughs> maybe laser. actually less than that, <laughs> actually, I'd say. Right, um, right. I, like to, I like to learn more about yeah, it yeah. Um, through certain people, but um, no, I know very little about it. But the way that it comes in with coaching is amazing, and I think any good coach uses their intuition, So, yeah. but um, is... I can see patterns so easily and I've seen them for what I've been working with people for 25 years, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, you make this change, you know what's happening next. And so people will come to me either with a struggle or with a triumph and I'm like, "Oh, we just got to this part." And I'm like, "Awesome, congratulations. And now this week, you can expect this thing to happen, and here's the tool to make sure that you handle it in the best way that mm. you can."
1: Yeah, Yeah, because as you start to uh, um, unravel some of those layers... Other things start to come up oh, yeah. that you're not expecting. Oh, you know, yeah. we might just talking about dealing with one thing. There's a couple things under there, yeah. but we don't see it. It's almost like when you pull the bed back, yeah, and you're like, "Whoa, I didn't realize there's all this dust under here." Yeah, and then, yeah.
0: yep. And you know, to be realistic, if if someone's in a relationship, it doesn't matter if it's parent child or romantic relationship. If 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 there's trust there and it's really gone off the deep end, it usually gets harder before it gets easier. And there's no guarantees that you'll stay together either. Because you're talking about two people, you know. I I talked about Caesar Milan already, but you know, Nanny Nine One One and Super Nanny. Kind of an old show, but right. it's the same show over and over again. I saw this clip. I don't think it was one of those. It might have been a talk show, but this really overweight kid, like really really overweight, and they had this huge intervention, and they put a lock on the fridge. And you should have seen. It looked like this kid was possessed by a poltergeist. They were tearing and foaming at the mouth and just, like, looked, I don't really believe in evil, but, like, looked like an evil kid. And it was just, like, what happens is it's in everything. It's in parasites. It's in dogs. It's in partners. It's in children. It's everything. Is that when you say no, if there's codependency, just like we talked about with the friendship Ah. and the relationship, it's this, well, if I do this, will you give me what I want? What if I act really horrible? What if I act even more horrible? Because in the past you've given in. So it's like, all right, more is worse and worse and worse and you have to Caesar Milan style calm and assertive energy. Just calm and assertive 991 same thing. The kids are upset about having a bedtime new boundary. They come out 50 times each time. You say to the kids, I understand, but it's time for bed. I understand it's time for bed. No, you can't have another story. No, you can't have another drink of milk. No, you're, you know, just keep calm and assertive. Same thing works in the spirit world. Wow. Yeah.
1: You know, it brings to mind uh, people with food addictions Mm -hmm. because they go on these diets and they're basically telling themselves no and letting these magazines tell them no, you Mm -hmm. can't have this, have that, and and then it makes you want to react and yeah. be like, why can't I have it and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, maybe you can hold it in for a short period of time, a few weeks, months, maybe, maybe even a year. Mm-hmm. And But at some point, you're if you haven't really processed it and, and, and reframed it in a way that is yep. acceptable for you. Yep. Um, there's going to be a backlash.
0: Yeah, and there is a link to codependency there too, right? right of right. having an outside force control you, oh, wow. right? Usually there's other um, emotional eating issues going on. just did a whole podcast on um, weight loss and intuition. It's on my site for people who are interested.
1: So how can uh, people find you?
0: My website's the best way, so BetsyLeFey.com.
1: Yeah. Betsy LaFeta, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question is always feel like when somebody is listening, they may be on a precipice of uh, completing suicide. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person before you kill yourself?
0: Okay. So this is edgy, but I just have to, I just have to, I mean, there's a reason why you asked me that question.
1: Absolutely.
0: So this lifetime and multiple lifetimes work the same way as relationships and jobs so if you're trying to leave a relationship or a job because it's really hard because you haven't looked at yourself and overcome the things that you're overcoming like I'm running away from a toxic this and you haven't figured it out like that's why I realized that there was, it was a bad marriage, but it took me three months to leave because I said, I have to figure out what I did to bring me into the situation. So I don't repeat it because otherwise the next one will be just as bad. Same thing with jobs, same thing with relationships, same thing with lifetimes. And so what happens if we can see, we can see it in relationships and jobs. I'll give you an actual real life example. I was living in this collective house in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, and there was a black sheep of the house, and there was this uh, egomaniac of the house. And the egomaniac controlled, and was really terrible to this black sheep, and nobody really knew why, it was just this, it was almost cartoony, but it was actually really bad. And so eventually the black sheep decided to move out. It was like, F this, like, I don't want to be blamed for everything, this is toxic, right? But didn't take care of any of the dynamics, didn't look inward, that black sheep, Uh, Oh, So first of all, the egomaniac had knee issues, broke his knee twice, Mm. and the knee represents the ego. Mm. Um, So this black sheep moved out into another collective house and moved in with a woman with the same knee issues. And it got harder because he didn't know this woman as well as he knew the first egomaniac. So the same thing happens is, yes, there's... I will not deny there's horrible things happening in your life right now. Like I'm not going to minimize it. I'm not going to say look at the bright side. I'm not going to negate it. Yes, it's true. You will get temporary relief, but when you come back, you're going to be faced with the same issues on a harder level. You're going to have to work harder. That and I just heard a statistic that said everyone it was it was this it was like the study of like 60 people and out of the 60 people who tried to kill themselves and it didn't work. Uh, they regretted it the second that they jumped off that bridge, mm-hmm. or the second that they took the knife to their wrist, or the second that they took those pills. So just, you know, reach out to someone. Call the hotline.
1: Um, and I have to ask you about this. You said the knee represents the ego. Yes. Can we can we talk a little bit about yes. that? Like, as like I got a neck probably I got a knee. Yeah, my yeah. Back. Like what?
0: Yeah. Well, they're they're you know. It's, it's, um, intuition is often, um, contradictory to itself. Um, so as a teacher, I'm sort of doing a disservice if I generalize, yet there are generalizations, so it's individual to each person, but, um, you know, depending on what, what part of the back have you got issues in.
1: Um, my low back. Okay, so uh, uh, upper back. I mean, my yeah, all the upper back. Yeah, my back. <laughs> I mean, it's fine because I'm doing exercises yeah. to take care of it. But if I don't do my morning routine and exercises, it becomes an so issue. So that's
0: perfect. So if you, we already talked about this. If you don't do your morning routine, you probably can't stand up for yourself as well. Wow. And your back goes out. Wow. Yeah, the neck, in general, it has to do with there's there's two sort of things it's like always always looking behind you when you should be looking forward like when you're driving um i find it also to be sort of um blaming people in a specific sense of we and you could probably see this with your clients or really anyone um i get it too is like we can see what is best for someone we can see that it's our way is faster, more cost effective. Like, of course, we have to do the warm up, right? I'm saving you time. Don't you see? But yet they have the free will to choose. And if we get annoyed that they are not choosing the right choice, usually neck issues come in. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: now, what is that, what is that uh, modality called, like where you learn that stuff?
0: Uh, I learned that through being a psychic medium for 12 years. Oh. <sighs> yeah.
1: That's fascinating. I, yeah. I I remember one of my Uber drivers, he was married for a while and had horrible back issues. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he divorced, back yep. issue went away. Yep. So there's definitely something to how you're processing life and how it shows up in your body. Oh yeah. Um uh are you on Instagram? I am, Betsy LaFay. Betsy LaFay on Instagram. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. This is yes. super valuable. Thank you. Um, thank you, listeners. Thank you, yes. live viewers out there for, uh, for checking it out. And we will talk to you soon.